0: Lowburn Media and Evergreen Podcast presents Who Killed, a podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. Interesting reaction to yesterday's big news and three murders dating back to the 1980s. One of those was from 1987 and was deemed one of these so-called colonial parkway murders. The suspect, who is now dead, was named. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Who Killed? the Presser of the Week. I am your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media, Evergreen Podcast, and Killer Podcast production. On this week's episode, we are going to listen to the Virginia State Police give a press conference on a huge break in the cold case of the Colonial Parkway murders. And there's been a lot of controversy around this case, and it is not stopped with this announcement. We will be talking to Bill Thomas one of these days, very soon, once uh, his schedule clears up, but this week we are just going to play the press conference. You can judge for yourself on what you take from it, but uh, as we've heard from Bill on other programs that the victims of the Colonial Parkway murders are pretty furious about how things have been slow-walked, and they aren't the biggest fans currently of the administration. So, it's just one of those things where It's great to see some movement, but it's also disappointing to see that it's not fully satisfying for the families who are still left with unresolved cases. So listen to the press conference and I will be bringing you guys a new episode very shortly and expect Bill Thomas to make an appearance one of these days. So tune in and enjoy.
1: Good afternoon. My name is Corinne Geller. I'm the Public Relations Director for the Virginia State Police. Thank you to all who are joining us today and to those watching via the live stream. The press conference will consist of several speakers and then following that we will open the floor to questions. So we do ask our media friends to please hold off for your questions until the end. On behalf of the City of Hampton Police Division, the City of Hampton Commonwealth's Attorney Aunt Anton Bell, Isle of White County Commonwealth's Attorney Georgette Phillips, the Virginia State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation's Chesapeake Field Office, the FBI Norfolk Field Office, and family members of the Edwards family, Nobling family, and Howe family, we are here to announce that a suspect has been identified in two separate homicides that happened more than 35 years ago in the Hampton Roads region. Through forensic evidence analyzed and certified by the Virginia Department of Forensic Science, Alan Wade Wilmer Sr has been declared the person responsible for the September 1987 double homicide in Isle of Wight County and a July 1989 homicide in the city of Hampton. Alan Williams Sr. died in December 2017 at the age of 63 at his residence in Lancaster County, Virginia, which is in the Northern Neck. As a result of the forensic findings, both the Isle of Wight County Commonwealth's attorney and the City of Hampton Commonwealth's Attorney confirmed that if Allen Williams Sr. was alive today, he would be charged in all three of these homicides. Now many in this region will recognize the Isle of Wight County double homicide as one that occurred during a series of double murders collectively known as the Colonial Parkway murders. Although the similarities in these series of double homicides that spanned a three year period cannot be ignored At this time, there is no forensic nor physical evidence to link the Iowa White County homicides to those other double murders. The remaining double homicides, the two in York County that occurred on the Colonial Parkway and the one that occurred in New Kent County, are still active investigations and our combined investigative efforts continue. In fact, we are still seeking the public's help through our continued efforts to seek justice for the victims of these and other unsolved crimes. Today's announcement also does not conclude our agency's investigative efforts to determine if Allen Williams Sr. was responsible for additional crimes, which we will explore later in this press conference. Because the Isle of Wight County and the City of Hampton uh, cases are both more than 30 years old, for everyone's benefit, we're going to revisit the facts of these two homicides investigations. First, and going in chronological order, will address the Virginia State Police case. The evening of September 19, 1987, was the last time 20-year-old David Lee Knobling and 14-year-old Robin Margaret Edwards were seen together alive. The next day on September 20th, David's Ford Ranger pickup truck was discovered in the parking lot of the Ragged Island Wildlife Management and Refuge Area. On September 23, 1987, tragically, their bodies were found along the shoreline of Ragged Island which is located near the south shore of the James River in Isle of Wight County. This investigation has been primarily investigated by the Virginia State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigations Chesapeake Field Office with the cooperation of the FBI and more recently the City of Hampton Police Division. I would now like to call forward Hampton Police Captain Rebecca Warren, Deputy Commander of Investigation,
2: to share details about their case. Thank you. Twenty-nine-year-old Teresa Spall Howell was last seen alive on July 1, 1989, at approximately 2.30 a.m. in the city of Hampton, outside of the Zodiac Club. The Zodiac Club is no longer in existence today, but at the time was a popular night spot It was located at 209 East Mercury Boulevard. At approximately 10.10 10 a.m. that same day, construction crews arrived at 521 Butler Farm Road to complete work, when they located female clothing near the site. A short time later, the remains of an unidentified female were discovered in the woodline, not far from the clothing. On July 4, 1989, a missing person report was filed in York County. Leading to the identification of the victim as Teresa Spa Howell. Teresa had been sexually assaulted and died as a result of strangulation. For the last 34 years, this case had been actively investigated by the Hampton Police Division with the assistance from Virginia State Police and the FBI. The following statement is issued on behalf of Teresa Spa Howell's family known by her family as Terry. We would like to express our gratitude to all investigators involved in the investigation of Terry's death. Their dedication, relentless efforts, and evolving technology have brought us closure that we have sought over the last 34 years. While we are grateful for the closure that has been provided, nothing will bring Terry back. The void left by her absence over the years is inexpressible. We kindly request privacy as we navigate through a host of new emotions that this brings. We appreciate the support received from family, friends over the course of this time and ask that you continue to keep our family in your thoughts and prayers. Once again, thank you to the Hampton Police Division, Virginia State Police, and the FBI for your commitment to justice.
1: The resolution of these two homicide cases was the direct result of interagency cooperation. It was through persistent investigative measures taken by our agencies that enabled the Virginia Department of Forensic Science in June of 2023 to positively link Alan Williams Sr. to David, Robin, and Teresa's deaths. It took the proactive interagency cooperation of sharing Alan Williams Sr.'s genetic profile that helped us achieve these long-awaited results. Allen Williams Sr. had no felonies on his criminal record, so his DNA had never been obtained until it was necessary for identification purposes following his death. The Virginia Department of Forensic Science issued a certificate of analysis confirming a genetic match to Allen Williams Sr. based on evidence collected from the Isle of Wight County and City of Hampton homicide victims. We recognize this announcement has been a long time coming, especially for the families of these victims. While we do hope this provides a sense of closure to them, we recognize there are still other families related to the Colonial Parkway homicide victims who are still hoping for answers. That's why we continue to push forward with our investigations. We're not ruling anything out when examining other cases and pursuing new ones. Our agencies are still working to reconstruct the movements and encounters of Alan Williams Sr. So that's why we're asking for the public's help. Allen Williams Sr., who went by the nickname Pokey, he was 5'5", muscular, and weighed approximately 165 pounds. He had sandy brown hair, blue eyes, and often sported a close-cropped beard. Allen Williams Sr. drove a distinctive blue 1966 Dodge Fargo pickup truck with the Virginia license plate EM Raw and he typically had clamming equipment in the bed as well as a large metal toolbox. Now this was just one of several pickup trucks and other vehicles that Wilmer was known to drive in the 1980s and early 1990s. Allen Williams Sr. also had a small commercial fishing boat. It was named the Denny Wade. It was a 1976 custom-built wooden boat. He often lived on it during this time and would dock at marinas in the counties of Gloucester and Middlesex, as well as around the Northern Neck and the Hampton Roads region. His trade during the 1980s was as a fisherman, mainly farming clams and oysters. He also ran his own business. It was a tree service called Better Tree Service. He was an avid hunter and belonged to at least one local hunt club in the Middle Peninsula region. I would now like to ask Special Agent in Charge Brian Dugan with the FBI Norfolk office to step forward.
3: Thank you, Corinne. On behalf of the FBI, I want to express my sincere condolences to the victim's families. While these tragedies occurred decades ago, I recognize how much pain followed them throughout those years without any answers. And there are still maybe more families out there hoping to close their chapters as well. That's why we're asking the public to take a good look at the suspect's photos. If you had any encounters with him, or his vehicle or watercraft, hunted with him, farmed oysters or clams, docked next to him in marinas, spent time with him on a personal basis or at work, or even romantically to some point, we wanna hear from you. We're also interested in hearing from the public about areas where Wilmer had worked in, both as a fisherman and tree cutter, locations where he may have been known to hunt, or bars, clubs, or lounges he frequented. A piece of information, no matter how small, could be useful to investigators. To submit a report, we're encouraging the public to call the FBI's tip line, 1-800-CALL-FBI, or submit a tip online at tips.fbi.gov. Alternatively, you can also contact the state police via email at questions at vsp.virginia.gov. We recognize relationships and loyalties change over time, as do people and their perspectives. There are occasions where people who may have had knowledge of the incident did not feel comfortable coming forward with the information at the time. This may have been due to close relationships with persons involved, or out of concern of their own safety Reputation or standing amongst friends. Even though Mr. Wilmer is deceased, we want to know. We want you to know. It is not too late to come forward. Again, the FBI tip line is listed here. Again, eight hundred call FBI or online tips.fbi.gov, or again emailing Virginia State Police. Questions at vsp.virginia.gov. You can also reach out to Hampton Police via the Peninsula Crime Line, where you can provide information anonymously. I also want to add that the FBI continues to have multiple open investigations that we're looking in to see if Mr. Wilmer is connected to, including victims Kathy Thomas, Rebecca Dowski, Richard Call, and Cassandra Haley. While he may or may not be connected to these cases, we are still pursuing justice for these victims and will investigate all options. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, sir. I would now like to call to the podium Lieutenant Colonel Tim Lyon. He is the Bureau Director for our Bureau of Criminal Investigation.
4: Thank you, Corinne. Uh, I don't think I can impress enough of the significance of this announcement for the families today with us and for the investigators that's been part of this operation uh, for their tireless determination to bring a resolution to these crimes. I echo Captain Warren's remarks about the importance and necessity of multi-agency collaboration. I too want to thank the FBI Norfolk Field Office, City of Hampton Police Department, City of Hampton and Isle of Wight County Commonwealth Attorneys, Virginia Department of Forensic Science, and the state police special agents and supervisors for the work they have put forth on these cases for more than three decades to bring us to this day. Most importantly, I want to thank the Edwards, Dobling, and Howell families for your patience and understanding over the years. Only those who have suffered the loss of a child in this way can truly understand the depth of your sorrow and the frustration over not knowing who was responsible for taking your loved one's life in such a violent and cruel way. I do hope the identification of their killer brings some sense of closure and peace for you. Moving forward, we continue our work to ensure other families have their day too and a chance at closure and justice. Fueling those ongoing investigative efforts is a small, highly dedicated team of civilian analysts known as our unresolved violent crime and Local analytical support team. These state police employees are funded through a U.S. Bureau of Justice National Sexual Assault Kit initiative. It's known as SACI. It's a grant that is allocated through the office of the Virginia Attorney General Jason Yarez. A key component of the SACI program is to provide the additional resources needed to address cold case sexual assault investigations and prosecutions that result from evidence and combined DNA index system hits that are produced by tested sexual assault kits. Our analysts have been an invaluable resource to the resolution of these three homicides as well as the ongoing investigative efforts of multiple other unsolved sexual assaults, missing persons, and homicides across the commonwealth. Again, it all comes back to sharing investigative resources, tools, expertise, information, analysis, and people within those agencies. That's how we as law enforcement and prosecutors can make things happen. That's how we as law enforcement and prosecutors can make a difference today, and hopefully in the months and years to come for crime victims and their families. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Lieutenant Colonel Lyon. And now I would like to read a statement on behalf of the Nobling and Edwards families. For 36 years, our families have lived in a vacuum of the unknown. We have lived with the fear of worrying that a person capable of deliberately killing Robin and David could attack and claim another victim. Now we have a sense of relief and justice knowing that he can no longer victimize another. His death will not not allow us to seek out the answers to countless questions that have haunted us for so long. We also recognize this is a difficult time for the Wilmer family and ask that the public extend the same grace to them as we do. We thank the Virginia State Police and the FBI for never giving up on this case. We're grateful for their collective efforts and sharing of information, evidence, and their determination to find our killer. We extend our prayers to Teresa Howell's family. We are now connected through this tragedy and will forever be linked. They are survivors like us, and we will draw from one another's strength and perseverance moving forward. They've also asked all three families for the media to please respect their privacy and try not not to contact them uh, in the wake of this news today. There's also in your media packets a statement from the Wilmer family uh, that they asked to provide to the media as well. At this time, we will open the uh, floor for questions. Did any of the family members want to come to the microphone? No, they asked us to convey their uh, thoughts uh, through their statements. Thank you, Andy. Uh,
5: uh, I was there ever an arrest in that case and if there was an arrest in that case, what happened to that? Was there ever an arrest in that case? I don't
1: know, that would be for Hampton to address. We'll follow back up with you on that one, Andy. Mm-hmm.
5: What was it about the um, the exact, what was the DNA evidence that linked him with what happened
1: at Ragged Island. What was it specifically? It was the evidence collected from the victims both at Ragged Island in Isla White County and the city of Hampton. The evidence collected there that was then compared by the Virginia Department of Forensic Science to his genetic DNA. And that's how they were able to make that collective validation.
5: In his uh, profession as a waterman, he was a hunter, uh, under the, I guess the tree service, did that play into any of the other incidents involving the Colonial Parkway murder or with the one with Noblin and Edwards? What was his, what was his connection to the scene of the crime?
1: We've well, got to consider we're talking 30 plus years that these cases occurred and over that time through the investigative efforts each one of these homicide cases have been handled on their own merits, their own individual merits and obviously during 30-plus years through evidence, witness statements, tips from the public, all of that is called multiple suspects during time. And because of the collective efforts of our agencies, they're able to develop various suspects. The genetic material of Wilmer once it was learned that he, had, he was deceased. We were able to legally obtain his genetic material and then be able to submit that to the Virginia Department of Forensic Science, which then was able to compare it to the evidence that had been collected in our cases in Ragged Island and that's how we were able to get to where we are today.
5: Why were you not able to legally obtain the DNA from him while he was alive? Why did you have to wait until he was dead?
1: It was simply during the course of going back and revisiting these cases that he was developed as a particular suspect um, and someone to evaluate at this time.
5: Can you tell us about the tip that came in that connected the dots to him? No. can say what specifically meant you guys
1: to develop it as a suspect. It was just doing the course of 30 years worth of investigations and you know part of the the cold case philosophy is to go back over and start relooking and going back through all the witness statements all the evidence and it's a very it's a very time consuming very complex but very effective way and that's where we were able to dedicate these resources revisit these cases go back through and relook at them. And then that's when it was discovered that Wilmer had passed away and decided, let's, let's follow through on that and see if there's genetic material that we can... Uh... And he was, wasn't the only suspect that was submitted to the Department of Forensic Science. Uh, the Department of Forensic Science had actually identified a common suspect between the Hampton and the of White County cases a couple years ago, but because he was never in the system, he was never in the CODIS database, there was no hit. So we had a common suspect, he just had not been identified. So it was not until we were able to get that genetic material then work it through the Department of Forensic Science that was able to connect the dots and connect these two cases. Can you
5: say how early on in the investigation he was developed as a potential suspect? I mean, or was, it, was, it, was it fairly shortly after the first happened that he was developed as a potential suspect? Or was this something that he was developed as a potential suspect, you know, decades later?
1: I'm not going to get into the specifics at this time, just because we still have, as we said, this is kind of, and I hate to use the cliché, but, you know, the beginning of the end, um, and again, we're not saying these cases are closed. They're resolved right now, because we know there's a lot more work to do, and that's one reason why we haven't come forward. You know, we, we've had the confirmation last summer, but there's been a lot of work going on since then, and that's just doing our due diligence and revisiting. So we don't want to get into too many specifics because we are still moving forward, and that's why we're asking the public to help us. Help us build that timeline. Help us, l- let us know if you knew him, how you knew him, <coughs> what encounters you had, so we can build that timeline and find out if in fact there are other victims out there,
0: just to be clear, do you guys believe these are or are not connected to the Colonial Homicide?
1: At this time, there is no physical nor forensic evidence to connect the Isle of Wight or the City of Hampton homicides to the two in York County on the Colonial Parkway or the one in New Kent County, and it's. Forensics and advancements in technology, it really is amazing what the Department of Forensic Science has been able to accomplish and because of resubmitting material over and over again and being persistent by the investigators dedicated to this case that has gotten us here. And we recognize it's going to be the forensics that either connects those dots later on down the road or disconnects those dots. So there's still a lot of work to be got, done at this point. Is it safe to say the technology used to resolve these cases weren't available, say, like 30? 20 years ago. Correct. Correct. And it you know it it speaks a lot to those investigators 30 plus years ago who recognized that evidence collected at a scene the technology wasn't there but that they preserved it enough to enable us 36 years later to be here today. The case uh, this case has
5: been resolved
1: now. Yes, correct. Isla White, yes. And
5: this happened in September of 87. At what point was he ever a suspect in that case? Now that he is deceased, are you able to tell us when he was first? Was he ever identified?
1: Hey, no, we're not going we to get. Let's see, we're not going to get into the specifics at this time. So, we've got time for one more uh, question. I know this has been a difficult and trying time for the family, so we want to be respectful of their time. If an arrest was made
5: in this other case, which you're going to get me the information on, mm-hmm. right? Then it would suggest that the wrong person
1: was arrested. I can't speak on behalf of that. That's just speculation at this point. Let's Once we get the details because with you, we'll discuss it. Responsible Correct. Correct.
5: Because he wasn't in his system.
1: Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the press release has also been sent to all your newsrooms. That went out. Um, and if you guys want the photographs and the maps and everything there, you can just email me and I'll send them to you. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Who Killed the Presser of the Week? And again, this is a breaking case with a lot of moving parts, and the Colonial Parkway murders is something that is near and dear to my heart, knowing Bill Thomas as well as I do, and having him on the show and meeting him at CrimeCon a number of times. It is very important to hear his side of the story, so I look forward to bringing that to you guys, uh, hopefully next Friday. And in the meantime, uh, I did release the six episodes that i've already done with bill thomas before there was any movement in the case and you can check those out wherever you get your podcasts and that is in the who killed feed you can follow me on twitter at bill huffman three and as always until next time stay healthy and be safe
3: legally we can't say so for sure but sometimes yes join myself chris cogswell and my co-host marie mayhew as we examine the science philosophy and history behind the strange and unusual all to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's well just made up check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts the mad scientist podcast
5: on the morning of august 1st 1966